Hello and welcome. My name is Dr. Kenitra Bryant, and today's motivational aim targets broke cover. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this series I'm covering entitled Broke Blessings, and I encourage you to listen to parts one through eight if you haven't already. And also feel free to share this episode along with any other episode or series I've completed and covered on the Aim Towards the Target podcast. I'm jumping right on in with this motivational aim, Broke Cover, and this motivational aim targets in on how Jesus breaks the cover. For the context of this motivational aim, I want to define what I mean when I say cover. A few definitions for cover include to hide from sight or knowledge. And simply put, it means to conceal something. Something's placed over something, something that obscures something. So you can see someone's covering something up, someone's covering something. Okay, as I just mentioned, for the context of this motivational aim, broke cover, What I'm saying is Jesus knows how to come in and break anyone or anything concealing truth, someone or something trying to cover up the truth. Jesus knows how to and he can break anything obscuring what is true and false. There are people who cover up the truth. And there are some people who cover up their true intentions. There are people who cover what was intended for righteousness and they cover it in wickedness. People who do that know exactly what they are doing and they most likely don't want to deal with accountability. So they rather operate and function in the cover, making it appear that they're doing the right thing. But when Jesus comes in the place, when Jesus comes in the conversation, when Jesus comes before the person, every cover that they use to cover things up is exposed. And it's revealed that the cover was covering up a lie. And there's no truth in the cover. The cover was to conceal what was behind the mask. The cover was used to conceal what was behind the ritual and the motive. But when Jesus comes in contact with any negative, wicked, evil cover, he will break it. And a passage of scripture that illustrates and confirms how Jesus breaks covers can be found in John the ninth chapter. I am going to share some targeted scriptures with you but I'm going to provide a snapshot of what was going on in John the ninth chapter. But I do encourage you to read John the ninth chapter in its entirety on your own, asking God for revelation, wisdom, and discernment and understanding as you read his word. Okay, here's the snapshot. Some of you have heard this story before, and that's fine. But for those who haven't, here it is. Jesus was passing by and he saw a man who was blind from birth. Jesus saw the man was blind and the disciples of Jesus saw that this man was blind. And since they knew the man was born blind, the disciples asked Jesus, who sinned, Lord? Did this man sin? And if he sinned, is that why he is blind? Or did his parents sin? 
And as a result of his parents' sin, is that why he is blind? So the disciples asked Jesus that question about why the man was blind. Because many people believed that when anyone had a serious birth defect, imperfection, some type of impediment, then somebody sinned. Somebody must have done something for that person or that child to experience what they were experiencing. So Jesus corrected the disciples and told them, neither this man nor his parents sinned. Jesus told the disciples, this came about so that God's work might be displayed in him. Jesus was letting the disciples know that just because a person is born or they experience some type of setback, that doesn't necessarily mean they sinned. Sometimes the Lord allows us to go through uncomfortable situations so that he will get the glory when he liberates us, when he delivers us, and when he saves us. Also, God will get the glory when he turns our lives around so that someone can see what we went through. They see what we were born with. They see how we used to be. And when we encounter Jesus, our lives forever change. So we're a walking spokesperson for the Lord. We're a walking billboard for the goodness of God. When we go through our challenges, our obstacles, and our storms, when Jesus enters into our issue, when Jesus passes by, we are transformed, although people never thought we'd make it out. Whenever Jesus comes into our life, whenever Jesus passes by, we are rerouted and the Lord progresses us into our divine promotions. So, back to the scripture. God allowed this man, we read about in scripture, to experience blindness for a time. And at just the right time, when he encountered Jesus, he would be healed. And he was healed. And that would be a benefit for him, no doubt. But it would also serve as an impactful benefit for those who witness the transforming power of Jesus Christ. As I mentioned earlier, when a person sees what God did for you, or when you see what God did for someone else, that is for God to get the glory. That's for Jesus to get the glory. That's for us to understand that, okay, Jesus can deliver us all from spiritual, physical, relational, financial blindness. We can do that if we turn to him. So Jesus let the disciples know that he was the light of the world and he was sent by God to do the works God told him to complete. The disciples were looking at the blind man trying to figure out if the man was a sinner or his parents were sinners. Jesus spits on the ground. He made some mud from the saliva. Jesus spread the mud on the blind man's eyes. And then Jesus told the blind man, go wash in the pool of Siloam. The blind man leaves. He washed and then he came back and he had his sight. The man who was once blind, he could see now. And the man's neighbors who had seen him before as a blind beggar said, yeah, isn't this the man who used to sit begging? Now you see how people do you when God elevates you. 
and you can see things for what they really are now. Now, instead of these people saying, oh, okay, I see the Lord making a difference in your life. Oh, my goodness, it's such a blessing you can see now. No, they had to refer back to who he used to be, although they saw him in a progressed state, an elevated state, a promoted state. Yeah, that's what some people do. Instead of those people saying, okay, I see you making a difference with yourself. You're doing what Jesus told you to do. I see you follow Jesus' directives and your life is changed. No. What they wanted to do was cut that man at his kneecaps and bring him back down lower so they can say, yeah, I know who you can see and all, but you still a beggar. Hey, don't forget that seat you used to sit on to beg. Yeah. With your blonde, cock-eyed self. I remember. I remember, man. And you will see it when you read it. There were some people defining that man from his past. They did not want to recognize that he had sight now. They acknowledged his blindness. And they made sure to say, yeah, that's him. He can see and all, but let's never forget his past. Let's never forget he was blind. That's what some of them did. They recognized that he could see, but they wanted to always recognize and go back and refer to his past. And then there were some who didn't want to acknowledge anything about him. So they were saying, no, 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 no. That's not the same guy. Uh, but it looks like him, though. But I don't, I don't think that's him. Uh-uh, that's not him. You see how folks do you? When they don't want to acknowledge the truth about your transformation or a person's transformation in Christ. Y'all know how people do. Y'all know, y'all know how people have done y'all. Matter of fact, some of you all know, if you're honest, how you used to do people. You would see someone's transformation in Christ and since it wasn't you and you were feeling some type of way because you were not doing what Jesus told you to do at the time, you were upset. So you didn't want to acknowledge it. It didn't exist because you were jealous. You were envious until you let all that trash go, did what Jesus said to do, and you understood no matter who Jesus transforms, it's a blessing and it needs to be acknowledged where Jesus and God get the glory. So back to what I said, you know how people are, you know how people do, you know what you've done, and you know how people have done you. Y'all know how that feels when you encounter Jesus in a real way and people can see that you're no longer blind to responsibility. You are no longer blind to accountability. You are no longer blind to disrespect. You are no longer blind to disobedience. You can see now. You can see you've washed yourself in the word of God and you've washed yourself in obedience to God and Christ and you came back and people can see that you're pristine. They see that you're full of praise to God. They see that you're full of prayer. They see that you're full of obedience and doing what God says to do to get God honoring results at all times. They see that they see that you're full of God honoring purpose. And instead of looking at what God has done for you, they deliberately bring up your past. They focus on what you used to do, what you used to ingest, what you used to look at, who you used to visit, 
who you used to hook up with, what you used to take, who and what you used to abuse. They bring all of that up. They bring it all up. And I don't care what it is. Those type of people are bringing it up. Now, jumping back to scripture, the man who was blind, he heard people not acknowledging his success. He heard them bringing up his past and he kept saying, no, 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 it's me. I'm the one. I've changed. Then those very people who did not want to provide and show him any acknowledgement, they asked him, okay, then how were your eyes open then? So how you just open your eyes? See, that's totally disrespectful. They saw a transformation and they didn't want to acknowledge it, but then they disrespected the person who provided the miracle. That's what they were doing. That's why it was disrespectful. And folks still do that today. They're still doing that. They do not want to acknowledge Jesus. They do not want to acknowledge your relationship with him. They do not want to acknowledge that Jesus did that for you. They don't want to do that. They think it's some magic formula that you took or something you did. And sometimes they know it's not a magic formula. They know that. They just don't want to acknowledge that it was Jesus because look at the blind man. He had to do something to receive what Jesus had for him. He had to do something. Jesus said, go wash. See, he had to follow some directions. That's the same thing with everybody. If they want to receive the total transformation that Jesus has for them, they have to go do something. And you know what that means? They have to be obedient. They have to exhibit obedience. Obedience is doing what Jesus said to do. And some people don't want to do that. So that's why they dumbed down what Jesus did for you because you went to go do it and they did not. And even if you were to take the spiritual application out of it, if it was just natural things, let's say somebody wants to go lose weight. And they make up in their mind, you know what, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z to get this result. Then they do X, Y, and Z, and they get A, B, and C. So they're walking around with their new confidence, their new body, their new lifestyle. And some people who don't want to acknowledge the new them, the transformation they have the audacity to say, I mean, hey, yeah, wasn't that the hippopotamus that used to sit outside that fast food restaurant begging for fries? Isn't that them? And then there are others who say, nah, nah, that's, nah, that's not them. That's not them. There's no way they would ever live and lead a healthy lifestyle. No, no way, no way. They don't have the mind to do that. They're not strong enough. And guess what? The people who are saying that, they weigh more than a hippopotamus. But they're saying that because they don't want to acknowledge the transformation. Because if they acknowledge it, they have to acknowledge their role, their accountability of what Jesus told them to do that they're not doing. Or, like I said, we take the spiritual aspect out. If it's just weight loss, for an example... They have to acknowledge that they're not doing what they need to do with their body. They're not taking accountability. So it's best to make it look like it doesn't exist 
so they won't be under a microscope, people scrutinizing them. That's what some people do, and some of you all know that. You know it. So going back to the man in Scripture where people did not want to acknowledge what Jesus did for him, the man who was blind, he started talking to these people who were talking about him, and he told them, yeah, the man called Jesus, he made some mud, he spread it on my eyes and told me to go to Salome and wash. So I was obedient. And I went and I washed and I received my sight. Now, we don't read anywhere in the Bible when someone said, oh, hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. May God continue to bless you. Man, you a man of favor. God is so powerful. Jesus Christ is Lord. No, we don't read that. Those people didn't want to say that. They were trying to figure out where Jesus was. And you know what they did? They brought this crowd of people who couldn't believe somebody from their hood was healed. Somebody from their hood could see. Somebody from their hood was elevated. No, those people brought the man who was delivered from his blindness to the Pharisees. Now, remember, the Pharisees were identified as religious leaders. They went to church. They followed the rules of religion. They were teachers, scribes, and pastors who did teach the Bible, but they developed a list of rules and rituals for people of the church to follow. Now, it's one thing to have a list of suggested rules and protocol to follow for order, but the Pharisees added their own thoughts, their own rituals, and their own ideas to biblical principles and simply stated It was to the point where the Pharisees would put more emphasis on their rules and their rituals and their practices than focusing on what God commanded for people to do. See, God wants us to obey him then and now. God wants us to have a relationship with him. God wants us to live a God-honoring, fruit-filled life. And the Pharisees were not like God. They were not God-like. They didn't care about a relationship with God. They didn't care about that at all. They were church tattletales. They didn't care about people gaining a relationship with God. They didn't care about someone repenting and turning to God so they could experience his liberating power. No, they looked down on others so they could feel like they were above people. Similar to what some people do today. They say they know the Lord. (laughs) They say they love the Lord. But they don't care about people living a life of integrity. They care about what color your hair is, though. They care about how high your heels are. How long your nails are. What style of clothing you have on. The brand, the fabric. They care about the streaming services you pay for. They count how many times you don't come to the church. They look down on you when you don't memorize the Bible cover to cover. They frown up if you don't smile at them all day. They monitor the restaurant you go to, how long you stay out. They monitor your social media post. They want you to disclose the money you have in your account so they can say, 
Give some to them. And if you have too much, oh, you must be doing some devilish activity. You're too rich, you're going to hell. You're supposed to be broke. You're supposed to live in lack. You're making too much money. See, Pharisees are fake. They are people who holler, God, God, God. But God is not in their heart. They come to church, but God is not on their mind. A Pharisee will come to a church with the mindset to get Jesus out of the church. I'm telling I don't have to tell y'all this. Y'all know it is what it is. There are some people who do not want Jesus in the church. They don't want anything that represents Jesus. Prosperity? Mm-mm. Get, get out of here. Healing? Oh, get, oh, get out of here. Living the confident life Jesus has prepared for you? Oh, Get, get get out of here. We, we don't do that here. We don't want to talk about confidence in Christ. We do not want to talk about what Jesus died on the cross for, for you to receive, and how it was yours. We know. As I said earlier, a Pharisee will come to a church with the mindset to get Jesus out of the church. A Pharisee will put on this cover that they are giving and loving but they're wicked. They're hateful. They don't like giving. They just want to receive. And now that you know a little bit about these types of individuals identified as Pharisees, let's jump back to scripture. The blind man was asked by the Pharisees, who healed you? Where is he? What did he do? Instead of the Pharisees seeing Jesus healing someone, they hollered, oh, he healed somebody on the Sabbath day. He did some work. Ah, no, that man Jesus is not from God because he didn't keep the ritual. He did not keep the ritual of not working on the Sabbath. He's a sinful man, that Jesus, performing signs and getting people out of bondage, changing their lives. Jesus is a sinner. That's what the Pharisees stated. So let me go ahead and do a quick recap real quick of John the ninth chapter before I jump to the 34th verse of John the ninth chapter. There was a blind man. Jesus passed by. Jesus healed the blind man. People found out. They didn't want to acknowledge it. Other people were amazed. The Pharisees, these fake church folks heard about it. They questioned the blind man about his sight They did not believe him. They discounted the work of God. The Pharisees did not believe in Jesus. The Pharisees continued to question the blind man. And then the Pharisees called his parents. And then the Pharisees went on and asked the blind man's parents for his medical records from the past. And then the blind man tells the Pharisees in John the ninth chapter in the 32nd through the 34th verse. This is what it states. Throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he wouldn't be able to do anything. Then the Pharisees told the man who was delivered from blindness... You were born entirely in sin, they replied, and you're trying to teach us? Then they threw him out. So you just heard that, and if you read it, you saw it. 
when Jesus healed this man, Jesus broke the cover of the fake religious leaders. See, there were some people who claimed to believe in God. They claimed to trust God. But their responses from an act of God exposed their fake relationship with him. When Jesus broke their cover, it revealed that they were covered in rituals and rules and they were not covered in a real relationship with God. And I believe some of you can identify with this story, whether you've been in church all your life or not. So let's say the Lord blessed you. He covered you. He protected you from something major. It appeared that everyone thought you were a reject. They made up in their mind where you would end up, where you would be. And then one day, Jesus transformed your life. And all these people who discounted you and counted you out knew it. They knew Jesus transformed your life. They could see it on the inside of you. They could see it on the outside. But they didn't want to acknowledge you. And instead of acknowledging what God did for you and what God did in you, they disrespected you and they disrespected what God did for you. And what these people, those types of people, often do is when they want to justify their actions towards you, although they see your transformation, they get in a group, okay? They get a group of people so they can feel bold and swole. And what they do is they ask questions. And they're not asking questions out of curiosity to turn and follow Jesus. They're asking questions to keep you in a box. They're asking questions so they can project their insecurities on you. So you won't understand and see how strong and bold you really are. So they approach you with stupid questions that sound like this. How did you get that? How did you achieve that? How did you do that? I just figured you always be a loser. There's no way God would have blessed you. How God bless you with all of that? Oh, so now you thinking you all of that now? Walking around like you can see now? See, they don't want to acknowledge that they can't see. They cannot see. They're the ones faking and shaking as if they have it together knowing they need Jesus to transform them because they are blind in some areas of their life. And instead of asking, as I briefly mentioned earlier, oh, how did God do that for you? I need to go ahead and repent. I need to go do what God tells me to do. I need to do A, B, and C so I can get X, Y, and Z. No, nah, they don't want to do that. And don't forget, these are the same people who are telling you, oh, you know how you do that? I didn't think you was going to make it out. I would have thought you would have stayed in bondage. Those are the very ones, some of them, are the very ones who will tell you, Oh, I'm sure praying for you. Oh, I hope you get through that. No, 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 don't, don't, don't look like that. Remember, the Lord has a plan for you. He has a plan for you. They're saying all of that all while in their hearts. They don't care about what God has in store for you. They only care about their rituals, their rules, their policies, and their procedures that they made up. See, they created this equation 
on what qualifies a person to receive a blessing from God. And if you don't meet their ritual checklist, they don't respect you. And if you come in their church building with that Jesus changed your life stuff, you can see Jesus because Jesus opened your eye stuff. You're not walking in blindness spiritually, physically, mentally, financially, and relationally because Jesus liberated you stuff. They will kick you out. You know why? Because they don't want Jesus in there. Because Jesus breaks covers. When Jesus enters a place, Jesus is the Word of God. When the Word of God comes in a place, everything has to submit to the authority of Jesus. Pharisees and fake people don't want Jesus around. And they most definitely don't want anybody who's been impacted by Jesus talking about the good news of what he did. No, they need those rituals to stay in place so they can control people, so they can make themselves feel good, and they can make other people feel insecure. Pharisee-like people, they want to be the ones to validate a person when they are the vicious wolf. And y'all know it's true. But when Jesus comes in, he breaks the facade. The Lord breaks the cover it is a blessing when Jesus breaks the cover for a person who thought the Pharisees were real only to discover "Mm, these people are hypocrites they are fake see if anyone believes in God they believe in a miracle from God and if they believed in God they believe in his son So going back to scripture, you can see how Jesus broke the cover of the fake religious people. And that scripture shines a light on what still goes on today. And Jesus will break the cover of fake people today, no matter where they are. Jesus breaks their cover. He knows how to do it. Jesus breaks the cover of rituals in some churches where this goes on. And when I refer to rituals, I'm referring to rituals that are ungodly, rituals that don't have Jesus in them at all, okay? Jesus knows how to break the cover at work where people are wearing masks. Jesus knows how to break the cover for those in school. Jesus knows how to break the cover of people in the community, the neighborhood. Jesus knows how to break the cover of those individuals and their practices in that social circle, in that family, in that organization, in that institution. He does it. And whenever Jesus comes in the mix, whenever a miracle from Jesus is displayed around anyone with the cover, the cover will break because the fake mask and the cover cannot withstand the truth and the power of Jesus. When you read John the ninth chapter, you will see how the Pharisees threw a man out for sharing his testimony about what Jesus did for him. See, what the Pharisees did was they threw Jesus out of the church. That's what they did. Jesus was mentioned 
the transforming power of Jesus was disclosed and they didn't want that because what would that do? It would expose what they're doing wrong there. So they want to keep doing wrong so they kick right out. That's what happens. As I just mentioned, it happens at church. It happens some churches. It happens at school, some classrooms, in some group projects, in some friendship circles. It happens at work. It happens in families. It happens. What these Pharisees did, they threw God out of church because God and Jesus did not fit into their rituals. You have some people in churches. Now, if they are not corrected, their attitudes, their beliefs, their ideas, their lifestyle, it has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with Jesus or God. It doesn't even have anything to do with the standard of the church. That is why y'all hear me say, or I encourage you, nearly every podcast episode to do what? You got it. Pray to God for wisdom and discernment and also add in their revelation and understanding. And I encourage that so strongly because you need to be able to discern what God is in, what Jesus is in, and you need to be able to discern and recognize what God is not in, what Jesus is not in. It's serious. Just because people holler God is good, that doesn't necessarily mean that they believe God is good. And then it doesn't mean that y'all are talking about the same God. See, you could think they're talking about God the Father, you know, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And they're talking about a whole different type of situation. And you don't have time to be agreeing with that. And then sometimes people say, oh, God is good. They just say it as a general statement so people can look at them and say, oh, holy, they love the Lord. And they don't. Their lives don't produce fruit. Their lives don't produce fruit that they believe God is good. Because they're kicking people who have a relationship with Jesus out of their life and out of their group. It happens. You have some wicked people in religious institutions and churches at work, wherever, school, friendships, family. Since I'm talking about the Pharisees and I'm referring to this passage of Scripture, I'm going to go ahead and stay on target and focus on some religious institutions. There are some people who actually go to church, overwhelming people with their rules, with their rituals. And they actually come to church and they could be a leader, a teacher, an announcer, an usher, a preacher, a pastor, a greeter, someone in some type of ministry. They could be a part of the parking lot ministry. They are all smiles, but they don't care about the Bible. They don't want you bringing up the Bible. They don't want you quoting a scripture. They don't want you saying nothing about what God said and what Jesus did for you. They don't care about that. They don't care about teaching your children, young people, to be bold and confident in Christ. No. They're teaching people to be witches in the church house. They're encouraging teenagers to have sex outside of marriage with the very people in their Sunday school class. 
if you know of a church like this, leave. You don't have to stay there. That's not the church for you. Ask the Lord to lead you to the right church where people are not doing that and they want Jesus there. You don't need to stay there. You need to leave. Don't allow your traditions of your household with your family, your granny, your papa, your uncle, your relatives, how everybody went to that church. So we need to stay here. No, it's corrupt. It's toxic. Leave. There are other churches you can go to where Jesus is there. See, if you get to the point where you're going to church and every time you go to church, you're complaining about what somebody did and how that was wrong and they shouldn't have did that. Oh, they messy. All they do is this. and You need to leave. That's not the place for you. And they don't even want you there. You need to go. Quickly. If people are stealing money, if they hoeing around, if they abusing people, if they're schemers, if they're toxic, if they're teaching children trash, if they're teaching children everything that God told them not to do, if they're hateful, if they're stealing from the community, and they're saying that they have these grants to help the community, you need to leave. Get out of there. Because when the Lord pulls out his whip on that church, if you're there, you're getting hit too. Because you stayed. You need to get out. But let me go back to these examples I'm about to provide. Okay? If you are at a church with some Pharisees and they're teaching your children, teenagers, to... Have sex with people. It's okay to have sex outside of marriage. I mean, it's okay. You're 15. You just go go ahead. Just have sex. It's okay. I mean, don't y'all like each other? I see the way y'all look at each other. Scoot over, scoot over. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Y'all can go on a date. Matter of fact, during church service, y'all come sit with me and y'all can sit by each other. You see how that's trash? It's trash. And you know what happens in situations like that when a Pharisee wants to implement the rituals of the church and they don't want Jesus in it and they're teaching children to do things that they have no business doing and they're facilitating that type of behavior. When those children go ahead and take it all the way because that Pharisee, a.k.a. Sunday school teacher, perpetuating that trash to those children now that child is with child because of the person encouraging them and pressuring them to do things Jesus is not in. Now they want to run from responsibility. When somebody says, hey, were you teaching my child this? Is this what you have going on in this classroom? I, I don't. I, I, I. They can't give a response, but they leave the church now. They just step down and they run away. They run away. But when a teacher tried to come in before all that went down, when a teacher tried to come in and talk about Jesus, and they talked about honoring God with their body, and they talked about keeping God first, they talked about making sound God-honoring decisions, they talked about that. Those same people kicked that person out because Jesus was in it. You see how backwards that is? 
It's confusion. It's chaos. It's sick. It's sick, especially to do that to young children, young people. You have some people, even at some churches, because not every church is like this. Not every church is like this. Not every ministry is like this. Not every man and woman of God is like this. There are some people. They are Pharisees. They are false prophets. They don't care about the truth of Jesus. They're the ones pushing that agenda. They're the ones doing that. They don't want Jesus anywhere. They want to just get children and get people on the wrong path. That's what they want to do. They want people to experience hard times. And then the people who have experienced hard times, they don't even want to encourage them, letting them know, okay, you're going through that, but Jesus can go through it with you. Jesus is going to guide you. They don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. They just want to come in church, talk about things that have nothing to do with Jesus, have nothing to do with God's word, and then they just want to show them their new church outfit And make it look like I'm a super saint because I follow these rules and procedures we made up. I'm really holding fast to them. Here's another example. You have some people at some churches who claim that they want to help the poor. There's nothing wrong with helping individuals who need something. They're in need of something. There's nothing wrong with that. But these people, these types of people, They say they really want to help the people of the community. We just experienced a storm. It's been rough out here. Stores are closed. The freeway is flooded. No power, no food. Y'all, we need to get together because we're city strong. We are city strong, y'all. Let's call the local food pantry. Let's just see if, you know, they can send some donations to help us out and help the people in this community, in this neighborhood, in this surrounding area, because nobody's focusing on this side of the hood. Nobody. So let's get together. Let's let's help out, guys. So these folks who are engaging in this quote unquote city strong charitable effort. Let's say the people at this particular fake church, let's say they're collecting water, food, cleaning supplies. You know what? Scratch that. Scratch it. Let me say this. The fake people are talking about collecting the items for the community. But the people who are in the church who are really trying to do what Jesus said do, They're the ones who are spending their money, their time, their resources for this city strong, charitable effort. And the fakers and shakers and the schemers and the plotters, they're counting all the materials that are coming in from the people who are really trying to make an impact. So they in the background counting how many paper towels are coming in, how many paper towel rolls are coming in, how many toilet tissue rolls are coming in. They're counting all the cleaning supplies. Ooh, and they name brand? What? They're looking at all the clothes for the needy. Then they see a crate of apples. Matter of fact, several crates of apples, oranges, 
loaves of bread, boxes of rice canned goods are coming in, oh, sponges, the good kind too, bleach, gloves, paper plates, the sturdy ones, not the ones that you put something on there, then your food fall off. No, it's the sturdy paper plates, the sturdy bowls, that sturdy cutlery. Forks, knives, and spoons. Oh, straws. And the sturdy straws, too. Not the paper ones. And when you put the straw in there and then it just disintegrates with the beverage. No, these are the real straws. And then they got a glimpse of the cake mix that came in. Oh, lemon box cake mix. Red velvet chocolate. Butter. Carrot cake. My goodness. Cornbread mix has made it to the charitable event. Q-tips on the table, cotton balls, toothpicks, pads, diapers, alcohol, peroxide. Uh, Then they have an assortment of depends for men and women, all sizes. The fakers, the shakers, the plotters, the schemers, the takers are counting the inventory. Now it's the date for the City Strong charitable event. It's time to pass out these supplies to the community. Okay, now there are hundreds of people in walking distance who have nothing. Remember, city went through a storm. Major freeways and highways are flooded. People's homes are flooded. People are going through all types of devastating issues. Stuff is shut down. People can't get to where they need to get to. Supplies are backed up. People don't have what they need. So this quote-unquote church sent out some flyers saying, come on this date so you can get some help. It's just for y'all, for this side of the hood. It's the day. People are coming up. And guess what? The Pharisees, the leaders, the teachers who are fake, they have plastic bags, buckets, and duffel bags running through the area before people can come in and grab what they need. They are in there. They have some people by the door, guarding the door. Hey, girl, watch. Just see. Hope nobody come in. Just just stand right there. I'll get you some, too. They're going through running, throwing stuff in bags, hiding what they took from the community. They're hiding it in those duffel bags, plastic bags, sandwich bags, trash bags. They are throwing everything they see in bags, and they're hiding it, those bags, behind the pulpit, behind the podium, under pews, in the restroom, running back and forth to their car, taking brooms and mops, cornbread mix, apples and oranges. They're taking from the community to put in their car. Now, it would have been okay if they would have said, oh, I'm in need, and everybody had some stuff for the church members already set aside, but they were greedy. They wanted more. 
So you know what they're doing. Girl, girl, I didn't know they was going to have all this stuff here, girl. Oh, it's just, it's a good turnout. It's a good turnout. So much stuff. Oh, my goodness. Oh, girl, what you got over there? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, you said they had some bags of rice and beans. Okay, girl, give, give me some. What you see over there? Oh, the beans. What size? Yeah, could you grab me two boxes of triple XL? Yeah, I really didn't eat that. Yeah, the community don't need all of this stuff. No, they, they don't need it. They don't need it. No, no. Now, you hear this. It's just not one person doing this. It's about 50. 50 people are doing this. But this was to pass out to the community at large. But when they open the doors to the community, the community sees scraps. The community walks into a few pairs of mixed match socks, different sizes that don't match, they're faded, busted. Some uh, cornbread mixed that halfway opened because the people who were scrambling and fumbling trying to get stuff, they opened the bag, snatching it and grabbing it and just hooking on the stuff. It's not too much of anything there. Nothing. Cleaning supplies are dang near gone. It's just, it's horrible. It's horrible. So let me ask you, where is Jesus in that? Jesus is not in that. Because they don't want Jesus there. See, what Jesus does is he breaks the cover of people like that. In this scenario... Jesus broke the cover of these people saying, oh, we city strong, let's help the community. No, that was an effort for them to benefit from and for them to help themselves. That's nothing Jesus would do. Jesus was not in that. But if someone tells those people, hey, this was wrong, this was not right, this was for the community. We already had y'all stuff aside. We had a special day for y'all. Y'all got y'all stuff the day or days before we did this community effort. Why did you do this? You know what they're going to do? They're going to kick those people out of the church because Jesus broke their cover. Let me go ahead and provide another scenario. Let's say Bible study, quote unquote, is going on. It's not real Bible study. It's really ritual study in places like this. Ritual study, rule study, procedure study, and let's treat the Bible like a trivia game. Okay? And remember, this is at some churches. Not every church is like this. There are some great dynamic churches out there that serve the Lord, and Jesus is in there. And people know Jesus is in there. They kick out rituals. They kick out rules. They kick out procedures. Jesus is the foundation. But I'm talking about these fake places where these Pharisees reside. They will actually hold a meeting and say they are studying the Bible, but they won't live and do anything according to the Bible. They won't do it. And they will tell you in front of other Pharisees, you don't have to go by the Bible. You don't have to do what Jesus said do. 
All you need is some good old-fashioned common sense. It's amazing that a person who would say, you don't need the Bible, you just need good old-fashioned common sense, they don't even utilize common sense. They don't utilize common sense. Common sense to me is when, okay, let's say someone is volunteering to clean the church, but they're getting money on the side from someone who is not even authorized to give them a dime, but they are taking money. They use this ministry as a side hustle, which is totally wrong. But this person who says, just use common sense. You don't need the Bible. Okay. They're going around, quote unquote, cleaning the church. And they have a bucket. They have a mop. They have a broom. Looks like they have some type of cleaning liquids that they use. But instead of buying a cleaning cart where they can put the items that they use to clean on this cart so they can properly go through the sanctuary or properly go through the church to do what they need to do. They don't do that. Uh-uh. You know what they do? Common sense. This is what common sense does. Common sense goes to a major grocery store. A major grocery store, common sense, don't forget, common sense goes to a major grocery store, gets a shopping cart. Shopping cart has business name on it. Shopping cart belongs to the store, to the company. But common sense gets that shopping cart and says, you know what, this, this would be a good idea to take with me to the church, and I can use this shopping cart as a cleaning cart. So let me just take it with me. I'm not going to ask the business. I'm not even going to try to purchase it. I'm just going to steal it, put it in the back of my truck, take it up there, and I'm going to use it, and I'm going to lock it up in a closet so nobody can take it. Is that common sense? Nope. There's nothing common about that, and sense is not in it. It's stupid. It's basic trash. You see, but when you tell that person, no, we need to put Jesus in this. Jesus doesn't want us stealing from businesses. Jesus doesn't want us going to get shopping carts from business parking lots, putting them in a truck and taking that stolen property in his sanctuary. Jesus whoops people for that. He does that. He gets whips and beats folks for that. So let's not do that. They're going to kick you out. They're going to kick you out because they don't want Jesus in there. Their fruit shows what they're producing. They don't want Jesus there. And this not only happens, as I mentioned earlier, in churches, this happens in families, social circles, relations. It happens if people don't want Jesus there, but they want to talk about what you're not doing. That's not the place for you to be. 
See, when you bring things to people's attention on what Jesus is doing and they don't like it, Jesus breaks their cover right there. It's a cover. They're covering up to make it look like they're one way. And you bring Jesus in, but they want to kick you and Jesus out. The cover's broken. It's broke. Leave that place and leave those people alone. You can see this stuff. People are talking about how they just love the Lord, but they willingly do everything contrary to God-honoring leadership, and they are going against just human decency and God-honoring morals. They don't want you there because they can't stand to see the light of Jesus on the inside of you in their dark place. Another example Let's say somebody is in school that could be they could be in daycare all the way to a professional degree. And let's say it's a Christian club or a Bible club going on. And you find out about it. And you want to go check it out. You walk in and you find out, what? <laughs> this the leader of the Christian club? This is the leader of the Bible club? What? You're appalled and you're shocked because you know that person can't stand Jesus. You know they don't like Jesus because you talk about Jesus and they can't stand you. And then you find out Jesus is not even in this club. Now, they didn't want you to know about the club because they didn't want you there because you represent Jesus. They knew you had a relationship with Jesus. But they wanted to implement their rules, their rituals, and their way. That's why it took you weeks to figure out where they were meeting at. The flyer showed you they were in this place, but you had to hear through passing that they were meeting somewhere else. They were hiding it from you. And then when you sit in on a meeting, you walk in, everybody rolls their eyes at you. They can't stand you. They mad. But I thought we was talking about Jesus. If you're talking about Jesus, you shouldn't be mad at me. When I walk through the door, but, or that person, <laughs> that person walked through the door and people are upset, but you walk in and you see these people are coloring. They have coloring books and they're coloring. And now they're not in daycare. They're not in elementary school. They're not in middle school. These are high school all the way to people in a doctorate program in the Christian club coloring. And guess what? They're not even coloring a Christian coloring book. The coloring that they're coloring has nothing to do with Jesus. No scripture on there. Just basic trash. So you ask, okay, so what is the layout of this meeting? What do y'all do? What's the agenda? What are y'all aiming towards? Uh, we, we can't have you here. We're going to go ahead and talk to our sponsor because you can't come back. We don't want you back. You know why they don't want you back? Because Jesus is not there, and they don't want him there. They don't want him there. And when they respond that way, Jesus broke their cover. When Jesus comes in, Jesus breaks the cover. He breaks the fake. And when that happens, never forget that is a blessing for you and for anyone who truly follows him. They'll be able to see what is real and what is not. 
recapping the scripture I went over, targeting in on the motivational aim, Jesus broke cover. Jesus broke cover. He broke the cover of the people who didn't believe in the healed man's deliverance and testimony from blindness to vision. And Jesus broke the cover of the Pharisees who were supposed to be able to identify what was from God, and they didn't, and they refused to. Jesus broke the cover of their fake relationship with God because if those Pharisees had a relationship with God, they would not want Jesus removed out of the very place God was supposed to be in. Now, we all go through issues when God delivers us and transforms us, but keep doing what God told you to do. Keep walking in boldness as Jesus breaks the cover of those around you and Jesus breaks the cover within you if you're walking around with the cover. When Jesus breaks the cover, remember that is a blessing. Jesus wants to expand your vision and give you eyesight to things and people you were once blind to. A scripture I would like to leave you with is John the 8th chapter in the 32nd verse. And it reads, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. All right. Remain encouraged. I want to thank you for listening to this episode. Feel free to visit my website, drkenitrabryant.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at aim towards the target. Enjoy your day. Peace and God bless.